Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wiggington. I'm joined again this week by my friend Austin Hargett, a.k.a. Dr. Welds, to talk to Patrick, a.k.a. GMAW Welding Belgium, comparing Fabtech to Schweissen and Schneiden, which just both so happened to fall in the same week this year, which led to a smaller turnout for each show. We chat about the cool things he saw, like an underwater welding demo tank, DJ sets and boots, and even tattoos being given. We talk about his background getting into welding and the industry in his local area. We dive in right after a quick word from our sponsors. When it comes to welding, most people think the danger lies in the fire and electricity. But what you learn fast when you strike up and get a whiff of fumes is how terrible those can make you feel, especially after a long day of work. Welding creates fumes that can be hazardous and you need them out of the way. Luckily, Donaldson has come up with some cool stuff to help welders. They make fume extraction equipment for major fabricators, smaller shops, and everything in between. They've been around for more than 100 years, so they know what they're doing. Weld fumes are no joke, so learn how to protect yourself. Head over to Donaldson.com to check out their stuff. You'll be glad you did. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience, just in case they're not familiar with you and your work? Okay, I'm... uh... Patrick, I'm from Belgium. I'm known under the name Guest Metal Arc Welding Belgium. But you're also connected with Abacor Benzel, correct? Yes, I'm a weld creator for Abacor Benzel. So I highlight the MIG guns and the MIG torches, especially the X-Fume extraction and the torches with the rotatable and exchangeable necks. How did you first get involved in the industry in the first place? I did high school, I did a weld course of three, four years. And so I came into the industry. At the moment, I'm a structural welder. So I do a lot of beam work, structural work. That's what I'm doing. And you just went to the big expo over there. There's these two giant metalworking expos that happen. And they just so happen to fall in the same time. And can you tell us a little bit about your experience over at the, the Schweissen and is that Schweissen correct? und Schneiden, yes. <laughs> Schweissen und Schneiden. Schneiden is German. It's a difficult name. It's one of the biggest expos in the world, I think. I don't know. And it's all, it's all welding and cutting only, right? Yeah, it's welding, cutting, laser machines, mostly about welding. That's what I'm talking about. Fabtech's kind of a little bit different in the sense that you got like a whole nother section. It's not even as big, but the welding and cutting is huge over there at the, it's, I can't, I can't say it either. Yeah. <laughs> the Essex show, right? Yeah. Schweissen and Schneiden. Schweissen and Schneiden. Yeah, correct. <laughs> what was the most impressive thing you saw at the expo over there? The craziest thing was there was a water tank where they giving demos about underwater welding. Like, how big is this tank? 
<laughs> that was not so big, big, but inside there was one diver and they were uh, giving uh, demos about underwater welding. So I Okay, but he was fully underwater. Yeah, he was fully underwater with the suit. So like in the real world, you can see how it's going. <laughs> yeah, was going. that's really cool. There were a lot of cobots. Like every brand had a cobot. At the Benzel stand of the Benzel boot, we got a cobot challenge. So you can, at five minutes, explaining you how to work with the cobot, and then you can program the cobot and make routes with with it. And Every so day. there's like it's like a competition. Whoever can a do competition it faster, and uh, the fastest one with the best routes, they won an iPad every day. Dude, that's really cool. Because, I mean, that's one of these guys, the cobot selling point, right? Is that anybody and everybody could get a quick demo and explanation and they're supposed to be able to walk up and, and take, it, yeah. take it for a ride. I did one at, at Fabtech and I guess I just there's a learning curve still to it because I walked up to the thing. <laughs> he was like, I can teach you how to use this right away. And he showed it all to me and then I got, got to using it. And I was like, uh, it started going like wandering way off the other <laughs> way. And I was like, why is it doing that? I broke it already. Well, you said you were demoing the fume extraction unit from Abacor Benzel. We got to play with it too, the X-Fume 501. 501 Pro. Yeah. Yes. It was awesome. I mean, I we were talking a little bit before we jumped into the podcast about where we think the future of the industry is going. But what do you think about the fume extraction right at the gun? I think it's a, it's a, it's a healthier way for welders. I think it is a positive evolution in the make welding world. It's not heavy or uncomfortable? No, the gun is the same weight as the standard, the same 501 Pro from uh, Benzel. It's just the package with the... With the fume extraction and all built into the neck and everything, it's just a little bigger? Yeah, it's just a little bigger and the package is a little bit heavier. But the gun, I got the same weight like a standard make gun. Right on. So at least it's not any heavier, but it, it sucks the fumes right next to the arc. So you don't have to worry about yeah. ever missing any of the fumes. It's got all of them. That was kind of the conversation we were having is the differences between Europe and America. The health standards for welders is very different. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what, what is required for you to weld over in Belgium? Like in, in Belgium, there is not so heavy regulations about fumes. So in the most company I work, it's almost like in America. Oh, dang. Because oh, I know a lot of places like over in the UK, you have to have a PAPR system. Like you have to yes. have a... The most the countries in Europe, like France, UK, Netherlands, they have strong regulations about the fumes in the factory. So they have you know, some system to extract the fumes from the railway. Belgium's like the Texas of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see, like, besides Abacor's fume extraction right at the source, did you see that being a bigger push over at the Schweissen and Schweiden? Schweissen and We're going to get it. We're going to get Bro, it. You took, yeah. you took three years of German. You should know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think other brands got the, they're also getting their X-Fume guns. It's almost a standard by the other companies. Did you do any like filming while you were at the show too? I was alone, so I don't have the opportunity to film everything. So when I went home, I got oh, dang. some little 
damn, I got to film it more. And I've, I've been seeing some of your recaps of the show, and it's just cool. That was a big thing that I just wanted to try to compare the two because yours is the show you went to is massive, correct? Like eight or ten factory halls. It's, it's really, really, really big. You got to have two or three days to see everything if you want to go in detail and visit every booth. And that was the hard part about Fabtech, too, is that it's just so massive. But also, it feels like after a couple of days, you kind of get the gist of it. But Yeah, after, yeah. for me, it's like if I study walked Fabtech for a whole day and had a good pace about me, I would have been able to show up on the second day like I seen it. But there's different stuff happening on different days. I saw some DJs and stuff happening at the Essex show. Uh, who was it, Kemper? They had a pretty Kemper, cool booth. yes. Like the most companies had in the evening a little party. <laughs> really? Yeah, how late did like it go? Like there on the yes, shore yes, floor? Yes. Someone said that they were giving tattoos out in another booth. Yes, tattoos and drinks and foods and yeah, all the influences <laughs> of the welding world are there. So it was one big party. <laughs> That's wild. That is pretty cool. At a freaking trade show. Yeah. Did, do you get to pick your tattoo <laughs> yeah. or was it just like... No, you got a no, no, no. <laughs> I don't have the time to it. There was one guy there was coming to me and he said they got at the camper booth, they got tattoos and like everyone was going wild. I don't know if you see the gorilla. Oh yeah, with the huh? with the, the valve on its on its crotch. Yeah. So they build it at one week, uh, a huge gorilla. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a lot of that. We had some robots serving beers. Did you have any robots serving beers? No. <laughs> I don't see it at the show. I mean, because like that's that's kind of the thing too. I wanted to to just hear a little bit about. That's cool to hear that there was DJs and food and all that. Because the food over in and Fabtech, it was not free. There was not free food given out at people's booths. I wish there was. No, there was some at Lincoln. It was like all snacks. Not, so it was not, like charcuterie not even and, and crackers. Oh no, there there was free drinks. There, there was, was drinks. beers. It was okay. I think Lincoln was the best at that. Every time I walked by the Lincoln booth, there was food and beer. Yeah, but everybody else, it was just like mints. Yeah. Mints were a huge thing. <laughs> I want to check that show out sometime. Hopefully they won't line up exactly on the same date. One thing I heard from a lot of the vendors is that they were kind of disappointed about the timing because they it, it was like splitting the audience, you know? Yes. It's like half of the industry was over there and half was over here. Did you get the same kind of consensus from people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were saying it. Why it has to be at the same time, like Schweizer and Schneider and Fabtech at the same time. It, it was hard to to organize all the things, I think, for the big companies. Especially if you're spending that much money. You know, it's like you were saying that Lincoln's booth over there wasn't that big, but over here, it was gigantic. Like there was like a big old movie screen yeah, where they were showing. bother showing up to Fabtech. They went to the... No, Sh Sh Schneider, Schweizen Schneider, Schweizen Schneider. Uh, yeah, that 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 was a big and, consensus I kept hearing. Was everybody was just like, man, uh, I feel like vendors were kind of disappointed because they didn't make the sales that would justify going to the shows. You know, like <laughs> like like Fabtech is every year in the U.S. Yeah, every year. So. Like the Schweizen Schneider show is normally. Uh, once at four four years, so it's four years between. You got to plan pretty well for that yeah. four year gap. Yeah, next year Fabtech takes in and what is it, Orlando or is it Orlando? Yeah. So we're gonna go to Florida, and then it's yeah. in 
It's Florida. Yeah, it goes to Florida. Chicago, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Georgia, and now Florida. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to come to down. I, I hope to get there one year. <laughs> well, next really year hope. would be the other time. Otherwise, you got to wait four years before. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. like the Essex <laughs> show. Hopefully in four years, we can make it out there for the next one. That would be really cool going to going to Germany. Is it always in Germany? Always in Germany, yes. Is MIG welding your your main process you use? Yes. Mainly MIG welding, like 90% of the time. I also can take weld, like electrode weld. You personally using that process all the time, what kind of things do you want to see come into the industry? Tough question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, what would make your job easier that you feel like? I mean, because this fume extraction is cutting down the footprint of how much equipment you got to have around, right? Like yes. You don't have to have this huge fume extractor near you. You know, are there other things that you wish the innovation would catch up with to make your job easier? Like, I want a Bluetooth MIG gun. That would be awesome. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty handy. But I, I don't think... see that coming anytime soon. You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, in my in my sector, I think make welding is at, at the top of innovation. I don't think they're gonna be beside the fume extraction guns. Other things that coming a couple of years coming this way, maybe a heavy, heavy, heavy laser gun that can replace the make welding <laughs> machine. No, oh, yeah, dude, lasers that are one? popping right now. Lasers yeah, are yeah. all the handheld lasers are out there, and they keep getting yeah. more evolved pretty quick as far as what they can weld and the thicknesses that they can weld and. Did you get to test any of those out? No, I didn't. <laughs> Dang. I, I, are you positive about the laser guns, laser stuff, what's going on the last year? No, not really. I mean, it, it's... Did you try really, it? I tried I it last it. year at the Fabtech Expo. I tried it at the IPG. I haven't gotten a chance to actually try it, but I filmed it. I filmed a lot of it, <laughs> but I never actually yeah. got to have my hands on it. I think with tin materials, it's all good. But you, when you come to thick plates and heavy metal and like nuclear no, parts, I, I don't think laser welding has a place at the moment. What sort of transfers do you do as far as at work on the beams and everything? Are you running spray, metal core, uh, doing any flux mo core? Mostly spray arc. So yeah. like around 270, amps. And then we at the factory almost use solid wire, no flux core wire. One thing that I've heard about laser welding is that you have to have kind of perfect positioning. It, it's not really made Clean to material. go uphill, downhill. That's the one thing I, I see. It's really exciting and people think it's really cool, but it's just the wide application ranges is not quite there yet, like you were saying. Did you see a ton of different people rolling out laser welders at the conference you were at? Mostly the Chinese company got many laser machines developing and showing. As far as like equipment that you saw there, was there anything besides the underwater welding? Like, was there anything that you're just like, wow, this is a game changer. Like, this is going to change the industry. I know Lincoln got a MIG, MIG torch where there are two wires coming out. Right, yeah. That was a, that they had that in our fab tech show. What I forgot what they call it, but it's like, dual. what is the purpose of that? Just more more metal, two puddles. Yeah, metal, I'm sure there's a lot fillers. of there's a lot of technical stuff behind it that I'm not aware of. But is that a handheld thing yeah. or is that like a robotic thing? Oh, it wow. can be both. I think with robotics, it's uh, should work very good, but 
good hands. I think there are two times the changes of weld failings. That'd be tricky to have two wires going at the same time. Like, are they side by They're side? They're like on top of each are other, they... like a double barrel shotgun over under kind of thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's neat. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop-start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Because we were just saying, you know, like this this year at Fabtech, Fabtech was really cool, but the biggest innovations that we saw were the battery powered, like just being able to not have a a tether to a wall or have to have an engine drive like the battery powered is making it easier for people to not necessarily have to have an entire rig to go and do mobile repair and you said that esob was pretty much the only battery powered one you saw over there yeah what i saw at the fair when i was uh, walking around esob they got the, the renegade i think renegade fault uh, cooperation with the dual batteries you can put four batteries under the welding machine right and then you can like welding i think it was like I, it was I like have to lie 30 electrodes i think it was it was a lot yeah, like it 30 was... 30 electrodes depending on how much amperage you need right so for small repair jobs it's like heaven yeah yeah it's real nice to just kind of lug that thing around and you know get what you need to get done and then you're yeah. good the battery stuff small, that you can interchange small is cool. repairs is good yeah that's a lot of batteries to carry around, though. Got to have those backups. Got to have them. <laughs> so it'd be like walking so around. You, with like... you can work with four four batteries in the machine. Right. And you can recharge another four, and then you can quickly change around, make make changes. Yeah, and I'm sure by the time you run all the other ones, you know, all dead again, that the other ones are charged right back up. So you can just stay yeah. welding as long as you're just not just getting it, which no one. No one's going <laughs> to weld that fast. No one wants to weld that fast. Well, I just didn't know if that was like a big thing over there because that just seemed like a big hot topic at our, our yeah, show. Yeah, Lincoln had one too. They had a little yeah. yes. battery power. And of course, Fronius had theirs. We got the Lincoln and Miller at our show, but they got a small, small boot. I think it has to do with the Fabtech in America. And there was not much to see by like Lincoln and Miller. How many power American sources brands. do you think were at the show? Like how many different brands of power sources? You said Lincoln Miller were there. How like is it like everywhere you turn your head is there a power source or what? You mean like weld welding companies? Yeah, welders. Yeah. Welding make machines? Welders. Yeah. There were like uh, I think 50, 60. <laughs> there were like it Italian, France, uh, Chinese, a lot of Chinese companies making 
I think good welders. <laughs> so Did like you get four... to test any other ones? No. I tested the, the Abicor and the ESAP at the fair. You said the Chinese are making some decent ones? They're everywhere? Yes, they are coming. Uh, like like I said, uh, like four years ago, they were like plastic shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit welders. And now you can see uh, like the brand Yasek. They make oh, yeah. very good welders. So. And they're pretty, they're pretty affordable, I bet, huh? Yeah. I chatted with Razor Weld. They're really trying to make it easier for people to get into welding. They, they say you got the Chinese uh, brands that are making welding machines. They got A-class machines, B-class machines, and C-class machines. So when you get a C-class, it's cheap. But I think the, the the quality of the machine is not. What's the difference between the, the A, a B, and C class? I'm not, I don't know the complete package, the inside, the outside, looking the the hardware that the, the inside. So all around, if it's like good welder, outside's like metal and good framework and all the good insides and good gutty yeah. bits, it's a class A. Yeah. But if we get all the yeah. plastic, it's like a class C, right? Yes. Well, the, exactly. there's a lot of people using the plastic these days. They're using like a more durable plastic. They were telling me, they're like, it, it holds up. It can take a tumble. But I mean, my experience with plastic is usually if you hit it hard enough, it'll it'll crack. Break. <laughs> or it'll melt. I mean, yeah, we are too. dealing with fire. Yeah, electrical, <laughs> all that resistance and all that heat that goes into these welders. The plastic just seems like it'll eventually just give. But hey, if you're just buying a welding machine for like $15, <laughs> I don't know if yeah, you've I've seen been... some of the ads like on Wish or some of these other, I don't know, advertisements I get on Facebook, but it's like welding machines for like $30. It's like, what the heck? And they're like 150 amp machines, 200 amp machines. <laughs> and you're like, what the heck is going on here? Speaking of machines, what kind of power do you run off? Is it the same? Is it one 110 and 220 over there? Like, how does power work? Because I know plugs are way different. In the shops, in the weld shops, they're almost 380 volts. I don't know if you know it. It's three-phase, like though. The That's big... three-phase power. Yeah, three-phase. Yeah. But at home, and like like garage uh, repair shops are mostly using 110, 224 volts. It's, it's same, a small plug-in. Being in the MIG industry over there, what is the biggest industry that you see just for welders in Europe? Because here we were talking about how there's a lot of pipeline and everyone has their own rigs and everything. What's the most common work that you find around where you live? Mostly the petrochemical industry, like the big silos and the big pipes, storage tanks. Where I'm living, we got two or three companies that are making them. Like big, uh, I don't know if you know silos for, for grain storage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would you say that most of the work that you find is, is wire-fed process? It's a mix of wire, MIG welding, thick welding, electrodes. Oh, so all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. All of it. Well, but we were talking about how the first time he ever saw Pancake Hood was over here, like saw those and he was like, I have no idea what those are used. Austin is a big fan of the Pancake Hood. I like pancakes, but they they have their own purpose, right? You know, they're built and designed that way for one, more or less one in particular type of welder. It's someone who works outside a lot and usually is in kind of a more open space. You know, it's got the big front to keep a lot of the sparks out of your face and it's got the shield on the side of the ear that you're going down a side of a pipe, all that. And then it's open on the other side so that you can communicate. 
And then of course the box over the eye to not let any sun in. Pancakes have their place, but if you're not needing to talk or you're in a tighter spot or you know, you can use whatever hood you want. It really just comes down to preference. I've seen people wearing pancakes all over the place now. Yeah, like uh, here and out in Europe, we got <laughs> almost the, the 3M speed glass helmets. It's like the standards here. Yeah, I always see everybody over there with a speed glass. It just, just seems like that's yeah. <laughs> between fit and P PAPR systems and stuff on there. Just seems to always be the case. As far as your journey to become a welder over there, I know you said that in high school you took welding courses. Did you have to go to a secondary school or did you go straight into the workforce? We got the course of four or five years welding. So more like a practice school where you start with electrode. So you go further with MIG welding and then you go specialized in thick welding. And then after school, you go right into the field. You got uh, a couple of certifications, like weld certifications, and then you start your journey at the companies. A big thing over here in America is, so we have welding schools, but mainly that's just kind of training you how to get your foot in the door with a company. And then when you're at a company, you learn a majority of the skills you're going to need to know as a welder. You know, it's like you get kind of your basics from school and then you learn way more on the job. Is it the same over there? Yes. In the schools, you're learning the basics, but then you, when you go at the company, you're learning a lot of other stuff like, uh, like drilling, sawing, how to use other materials and machines. Right. It's not just welding anymore. You have to now get other skills like fabrication and you have to develop skills. You got guys that uh, only specialize in welding, so they do only welding. But my personally journey was like uh, using other machines, like different welding processes. Learning, especially from the old timers, it's the best thing you can do. That's huge over here as well. Oh, yeah. The old school guys got it. Something that we've run into, just like what I've heard in the industry over here, is the old guys used to not like sharing their secrets. You know, because there was this kind of scarcity mindset of if I teach you how to do it, you're going to take my job and I'm not going to have a job anymore. Yeah. But that's, that's changed the same a lot. Here. Like 90% of the old timers are saying, I learn you nothing. But there are a few guys who are willing to learn you their secrets, how they're doing it. For people that are new to the industry, I always like giving people a nice little bit of advice at the end of these episodes. If there's people over in Europe that are looking to get into welding, what would be your biggest advice of like how to approach it? Would you say go straight to school or go try to get an apprenticeship? What would be your advice for people trying to get into the industry? I would say uh, go to a school, learn as much as you can, get your certifications. So when you start in the welding world, you got the basic package. And then as far as like developing your skills, what kind of advice would you give people to, you know, progress? Because that's, that's a big thing. You can learn it, but then to push yourself further and become a better welder, what types of things do you focus on to just improve every day? My advice is to steal with your eyes, steal with the eyes, go look at the other welder, what he's doing and absorb it oh he's like st steal the information with your eyes like pay attention oh. watch like oh. that's what you need to be doing you know yeah, open your ears sense. watch with your eyes close your mouth yeah and don't <laughs> be afraid to ask something at the old timers so yeah it's all about how you approach them right 
yeah, how you approach, have respect, we respect yeah. them, but don't be afraid to ask something about the welding and how he's doing it. Yeah, don't ever tell them how to do their job. Just just take it with a grain of no, salt, whether no, you like no. it or not. Yeah. <laughs> whether you like it or not, just just watch and listen and just soak in it all in because yeah. they've been doing it a lot longer than you have and they probably have a trick or two. What was one of the biggest tricks that you learned from another welder? Uh, my biggest trick was when you do some x-ray welding, you got to focus on the cleanness and the grinds you're doing. So after you're welding it, so grind it out, then weld again. So it's all always the, the layers are clean. Yeah, there's a lot of prep that goes into a weld before, in the middle, and at the end. Like finishing a weld, too, yeah. is not always just like weld it and wire wheel it and you're good to go. Sometimes there's more blending that you have to do. There's some even some sanding outside of the weld area because there's BBs. You know, there's a lot of prep that goes into a quality product. I agree. Where can people find your work if they're interested in learning about what you do and even the work you do with Abacor Benzel? I'm mostly on the Instagram uh, under the name Gas Metal Arc Welding Belgium. Now that's just, you got to say G-M-A-W, Welding Be Belgium, right? Or is it yes. spelt out all the way? Oh, no. G-M-A-W, Welding Belgium, I'll link This it. man's I'll pretty humble here, but he is really, really slick. He makes real pretty welds, man. Real nice stuff. Real good work. Thank you. Yeah, really nice work. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to catch up with us and talk about your show. And I would love to have another one where we focus specifically just on like MIG welding techniques. I think that would yes. be pretty cool to chat about because you do awesome work. Yeah, and man. I know people thank would love guys. how to get better. I, I say thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Patrick, for chatting with us. I look forward to the next one, chatting about some different MIG techniques. I also want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors, Donaldson and Lincoln Electric, for making the show possible and helping us all learn more about all the different pathways out there in the welding industry. If you have a topic that you would like me to cover or you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me on the Weld app at BoDidIt or shoot me an email to bow at weld.com. Speaking of the app, if you're looking to brush up on some new techniques, check out our e-learning section. We even have a search bar so you can easily find anything you want to learn. Download the app today to see everything it has to offer to take your career to that next level. Until next week, we'll see you out there.